0: Welcome to the Personal Trainer Collective podcast, the only resource for personal trainers who are fed up with the status quo. If you want to stay ahead of the competition, build a thriving business, and have the freedom to work on your own terms, you've come to the right place. Without further ado, let's take your confidence and education to the next level with this week's episode.
1: welcome back to the pt collective podcast yes we are back again we're having a run of special guests and this is the first time we actually spoke i think Steve. Uh, we i think i knew of you for yeah i think i unless we've been at an event together and i didn't even know um i try i try and avoid them to be honest so yeah not. i only go to events if i'm asked to speak for like that social proof stuff and then I'll try and get in just before my talk and I leave straight after. So that's sort of the, the caveat that like I don't yeah. hang around and network with. A bit like a rapper when you go to a club appearance. Exactly, just put the AirPods in, pump yourself up to like a crowd of three. No one knows who the hell you are. And then off you go, back, back home. Exactly the same Pretty experience good. as most rappers to be fair. <laughs> so Steve, thanks for agreeing to come on the podcast. Um, I've looked at your pinned post on your Instagram but it'd be good for people that don't know who you are. Just like you cause you've, I always say like everyone's probably got a story, but some people just have really bland lives and they don't have any story like or personality. Yeah. I think that was one of your posts I shared the other week where it's one of those things that like, you can give as much as you, you you can give. But I'm like, if you're just plain ass boring, it's, it's pretty hard to, to get extraordinary res- results with someone that's very vanilla when it comes to service-based business. And you've also yeah. got quite a unique, story of uh so let's go back to like maybe
0: your first sort of career choice and then where you are now. Yeah, I feel like that's a bit of payback in it. Like if you have a load of shit when you're younger, at least you've got a story when you're older. Exactly. It's like you, we used, you don't we appreciate used to have staying it, yeah. at uni, which was like do it for the story. So if there was anything you were a bit ropey about where it was I'm not I'm not sure about this, you'd be like, lad, do it for the story. And you'd be like, Yeah, fuck it, right? I mean Yeah. And now they've sort of gone do it for the gram. Yeah, I know, I know. It's more it used to be do it for the memories and To be fair, some of the situations that we got in, you probably couldn't get your phone out anyway, so... No, they didn't have phones back in them days, because... No. Proof. No, or you could, but like, you'd have to Bluetooth each other the photos, and it just weren't worth it. That. just weren't worth it but yeah um i used to be a school teacher um i taught high school science i was one of them where like i went through school and i went through college and they're always like what do you want to do and i was like i think at first i was like i want to be a marine biologist and then they were like yeah sound you're from austin so you're not going to be a marine biologist there's no marine <laughs> biologist from funny enough somewhere i went to school i actually ended up being a brain surgeon um everyone else is in the, in the nick but um yeah, did that, came out of uni, didn't know what I was doing, so clearly just went into teaching, um, steady, got a decent grant for it to teach physics, um, actually took a pay cut my first, the grant was that good, I took a pay cut in my first year teaching, so they doubled my workload, and then charged, they paid me the same, but I got taxed, because oh, the yeah. first year was like a tax-free grant, so that was my first kind of kick in the bollocks of, of real life. Um, Taxes. Taxes, yeah, because I was lifeguarding before that and then I didn't really I did because I was at uni, you did just enough to like not go over the tax threshold yeah. and then so you never really know about it until you actually get out of uni and then you're like, fuck, this is a kick in the bollocks. <laughs> and you're like, they don't come and take the bins for free, apparently. Um You gotta pay for water. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well I used to call it free and I'm yeah. like, it's not after all this fucking time I thought I was choosing the cheap option because it was free no. and it ain't even fucking free. Um, obviously we have proper tap water up here you don't really get it down there do you nah
1: know, do you? It's a, I'm in a slightly posher area now so I'm, 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 I'm making my way to right right that it's waters, not it's bit. not Peckham Springs from Only Falls and Nuggets <laughs> you know I mean? it, it's luminous at night but yeah it used
0: to be that yeah water's fun down there um, but yeah I went from there just ate it loved teaching the kids like the kids was the good bit like actually sort of helping them out and, and being around them but like, I just found the adults were fucking
1: wankers to be honest. Quite a lot of politics, um, isn't there? Cause I did. Uh, there's a lot of politics. Yeah. There's literature. a lot of
0: bar licking. Yeah. I'll yeah. call a spade a spade and I'll call people what they are, which <laughs> doesn't really help when you're trying to move up the ladder. No. Um, especially when people are wankers. So that, that was kind of the end of that career. Basically the, the real reason was, um, it was twofold. First of all, I just, I couldn't see myself working until I was 60 to earn good money. Like, and everyone was an old bit of cunt in the office like, I remember once, like, I was sat there and they gen- genuinely were discussing what antidepressants they were on. And I was like, nah, if this is a window into the next 30 years of my life, you can fuck right off. <laughs> so that was that. Uh, my old man got cancer as well while I was teaching. Um, so he was, I, say, I always say bricklayer because people don't know what a grounds worker is, but a grounds worker, basically, like, we did playgrounds and driveways okay. and shit like that. Um, there's a whole set of, like, I, I'm one of those guys now that like my dad when I was little used to be like I built that place and I had put the foundations in that yeah. and every time I drive through Gorton I'm always like see all them gate posts behind all them shops there I put them in <laughs> you yeah, know so uh, yeah not the ones that are like really. falling down through to like yeah, Georgia, I think like, they're no, doing alright actually yeah. that job was sick because the council paid us to put all them backstones in but they're all cobble paving stones nice. so you to dig up the cobble paving stones and my dad was like deep what do you want us to do with these? And they went, like, Oh, just skip them. And I was like, Are oh, you fuck skipping them? They're worth a bit of money then. You take yeah. them out like fucking China and you stack them on the and I remember I cracked one, he docked my wages. Yeah, so Took the money out. Um so yeah, he he had to retire pretty much on the spot. And we weren't like, we're not we're not a family that had like a massive pension or anything like that. So yeah. um I started PTing on the I'd PT'd in uni anyway. Um and I started PTing on the side and then just like giving them the cash. Um and then the school basically pulled me. Because I, I was like saying, Listen, I can't do this meeting, I've I've got I've got clients to do and they were like, Well yeah. no, I'm not too sure about that. And then they found my Instagram, um, which was actually fairly sound, it was just PT and stuff, but they made a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. you should be on social media. I'm like, Well, you're on social media I'm like, Yeah, but I'm not posting in the gym and I was like I'm not sure why that's such a bad thing for, yeah. for children to get into, but fair enough. Um, and they basically put it on me and said, like, it's either you just go full time into teaching or oh, that's it, basically, we're going to start, you know, pulling you up on it and disciplining you and stuff like that. And I could have probably kicked off and gone down the whole fucking tribunal route. But
1: you, it was just probably like-
0: I'd have ended up banging someone out if I had to sit down in the meeting and like having to actually discuss why on, you know, 1,600 quid a month, why I was having to do other work. Like one of the other chemistry teachers was working in a shop at the, she was working in her uncle's shop. And I was like, Fakran's working in a shop at the weekend. I'm like, surely that's not all right considering I've got to take my fucking marking home and I'm doing, like, four meetings a week for you and ringing all these kids' parents yeah. after work. So that that was it, basically. They basically said, like, A or B, and I was like, well, actually, I'm nearly probably matching my wage just doing work, like, in the, in the morning after school. So if I took on a couple more clients, I'd probably be up and have loads more free time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that. Things went all right. Um, long story short, I ended up fucking both my legs up um yeah, my knees have right. been bad anyway and then i snapped both my legs uh, patella tendons are now plastic um which is funny because i don't know how long they're gonna last but we'll find out um so yeah i was in a wheelchair for a little bit and then when i went back to the gym just i didn't really have any clients left to be honest yeah. with you and because i was hobbling around on a fucking basically like a pair of crutches and like leg braces like no one was walking in the gym like I'll that's good. the life for me. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't really get into the niche of people with like reconstructed knees at the time. Um, I just, I, so that was it. So then I just, I'd always, the thing with me is like, I'd always been on social media. I kind of got that, like remember when I was in like year eight, I think I got my first phone. Mm-hmm. So like, it was still pretty early on, but like I kind of grew up with it. Yeah. In the same way as Harry Potter, but that's not really helped me as much as having a phone. Nice. Um, <laughs> so I went through that. So I would always like post on social media. Like I'd always, I'd always done that kind of stuff. And even while I was teaching, I was still kind of posting like educational videos around like nutrition and training and stuff like that. Um, so when I went online, I mean i didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing, like, but mm. I'd already at least built up a bit of a following. Yeah. Um, I did a bit of fitness modelling when I was younger as well, so I had a lot of weird, strange men that also followed me, which yeah. helped made me look more important than I was. But actually, they were all just useless followers. Um, and then yeah we launched the online coaching did really well month one um and then that was it for me i was like i think we made eight grand in the first month it isn't all about that because i I did that eight grand because i'd done a load of transformations when i was a pt so i yeah. kind of used all them to market it but i was like fuck me i've just done eight grand in a fucking month mm-hmm. i was like it, because i was still say young i was like 27 but like mentally I was quite young because I like I'd not really done a lot in life, I'd spent like a year and a half fucking. And you've gone from winter.
1: like being told what to do, teach this, you've got yeah, to this meeting really to after all of the taxes gone, this is what you're left to now, going like going through what you, you went through with your niece and then going, oh fuck I'm like this I can remember when I first put oh up mate, my I conference believe it. we made like twenty nine grand in a weekend. I was like, That's pretty much my salary. And I was like, This I is believe this it. This is and then I suppose that's like when the chains break a little bit, didn't they? Because you, yeah. like where you've maybe been brought up similar to where I've been brought up, like it, as you said, no one's supposed to be doing this, no one's supposed to be doing that. So you can't, you can't look at someone and go, oh, this one was in my, in my yeah. school for like five years ago and now they're doing this. So like, it's one of those where like, you yeah, don't have to talking. do what everyone says, like get a good job. Teaching's the most secure job in the world. That's what I had when I, I quit. It was like, you're always going to need a teacher. And then they start
0: getting rid of the departments or school yeah. shutting down. I mean, I was science, so I was probably pretty safe. My mum actually, yeah. like, told me I was an idiot. She was like, you're giving up a good pension. I was like, listen, if I fucking carry on like this, I'm not getting to the pension. Like, I've, I've had yeah. enough already. Like, there's no chance. But, yeah, it's it's mad. Like, when I was in school, like, if you made eight grand a month, you were either fucking playing football or selling white or brown. Like, yeah. there, was, there was no in between. Um it was so like the only people we knew had money were then that like when we were like 15 it was the like 19 year old kids that turned up in the courses to pick the year 11 birds up from school which is a bit weird anyway but yeah that was it so like earning eight grand in a month i was like that's fucking ridiculous bearing in mind i was in a ton of debts that money wasn't really my money the only money that i had was like a minus in front of it i had to do the maths backwards on my bank account yeah no it's not like this is how much money i have in my bank account it's like this is how much money i've got left until there's zero um was most of, most of the maths at the time. But I was like, fuck me, if I do that like f- four or five months in a row. And that was I, just you on your own, was it, Steve, yeah? Yeah. For, for that.
1: And yeah, did, that you, was... did you have, on that, was you, did you have like a pre-launch up to it before you was
0: like, right, I'm taking I'm going to be honest with you, mate. I just started posting transformations and just, I, I just if went after to, it. Yeah. I was at a point where like, there were no really other options I didn't no. know what I was doing. I didn't know what other options I had. I didn't I, I knew from being in the gym for for the years that I had been and and then that happened and I knew the gym wasn't safe. Yeah. Um, I knew that it, and it's, even in a gym you're, your are business is always built off the back of other people's businesses and I was quite unfortunate that I only spent a very short not even fortunate to be fair. I probably would have been a better PT and a better business person if I'd have spent more time in a commercial gym. But being a dickhead and having an ego, I thought it was too good for that. So I went straight into a private gym, which was actually much more difficult. Yeah. Um, And the private gyms are obviously always built on someone else's money. Someone else owns it. Someone else has visions for that gym. And if it doesn't align with you, then sorry, you're out the door. Um, So I was like, I can't do that anymore. I just want something that's mine that no one can affect other than me. So yeah, that that was it. And then when I realised that I could make that much money, I was like, it's fucking nuts.
1: And where did, and you, did you take it from there? Well, I just
0: go after it. I just went after it. And that's the thing as
1: well. Is like when people just start in that, I'm like, well, everyone's, you might have really good knowledge, but like what you said, you had a lot of transformations. Mm. So I'm like, pe- it's like, well, even when you're getting qualified, just start coaching friends, families, or whatever it is, or do like a case study thing. So it's normally this much, but do it for this price, or you get your money back if you give me before and after yeah. or, or video testimonials. Because people, mm. Especially like nowadays, it'd be like, oh, you don't need to be in shape as a PT. You don't need to load the before and afters.
0: They, like people don't like just- Yeah, but got people are just there. trying to sell that, aren't they? They're just yeah. trying to give them like the, here's the reasons why you should still buy my program. Yeah. Here's the reasons why, you know, all the things that go around your head that actually make sense, don't worry about them.
1: Just yeah. pay the
0: money. Just pay the money. Um, which is a little bit daft. It's almost like fitness, isn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, you can get in shape without giving up anything and boozing 24 seven and- But okay. before and
1: after still works, do you know what I mean? Cause it's like, oh, that person, I look like that person That and look how they've changed. Their... And then yeah. you know, it don't matter who you are. Even if you're like, you're really well-versed in marketing stuff like that. If someone, you go, oh, it doesn't work on me. And then you'll see something and you'll go,
0: there must be something unique. How the hell yeah. did that happen? Um, I pick people I work with off the base of that. Like, the, the yeah. people that I, I've worked with, like, in business, especially, like, currently, everyone... I, I've been told multiple times, oh, it's a fucking it's a scam, it's shit, like, don't do it, it's not worth it. And I'm sat there thinking, this motherfucker's earned 10 million a year for the last five years. Like, there's something going there's something going right there. Yeah, but are looking at, you just got
1: to go... They, the results are the results, aren't they, at the end of the day? That's it. And, and then, like Hamosi said about Grant Cordone, like people think he's in need but he's like, he's obviously got a billion pounds or billion whatever US dollars. He's doing something right. And it's like, as short, long as you right? take the things that, you, maybe not every aspect of their lives, but if you're looking at improving at one certain aspect and that person is the go-to person for that, I'm like, you, you can learn from them. It just... I know someone who's done that.
0: My mate Ash actually paid for like one-to-one calls with Grant. And said, actually, he's he's very impressive, yeah. like to speak to. And there's not a lot of people that I find that in the industry, you know, like people that actually you speak to and you're like, and I've said this like multiple times to different people. Like I've not sat down with loads of people and gone like, yeah, you're fucking clever, you like there's not that many of them. And and Ash said he was definitely one of them. And he said that he looked at the company structure and how it runs. And they're very very attentive like they're very on it and even though it's not grant his team are still sick and they're really really on top of you but again it's just it's a polarizing thing and i guess people people look at him and think like well, i can't put out that kind of social media i can't do that level of content Fuck it i'll just rip him down yeah right. that got really off tangent then what was i speaking about my journey yes yeah. Yeah, so we did that and then launched the online coaching um, and did, did you really stay money. as
1: a one-man band with that or did you end up start taking on other coaches before I took on to coaches,
0: coaches really quickly okay. I, I developed the business really really quick um, because basically like once I I mean I weren't really that asked about paying off my debt if I'm not that truly really honest the interest rate weren't that bad um, <laughs> I just reinvested the money really quickly because once I'd got a bit of a taste for it I was like oh well if, if I can make grand like month one Mm-hmm. What the fuck can I do like in two or three years? Like, and I, I like genuinely at that point, as soon as that first month landed, and as soon as I made that much money month one, knowing that I didn't know that much about it and I'd basically just started doing it right, I was like, I could genuinely be a millionaire off this. And that wasn't the only driving goal, but I was like, I've got something here that I know I can do. Like, I've got proof this works, I'm good at it it's something that i do normally like i post on social media anyway like i do all of that stuff anyway so Mm -hmm. i was like this is all stuff that i can actually do quite well you know i was trained as a teacher so i know i can coach yeah it just seemed to be set up and i was like fuck it like i'm just gonna go for it so i knew that at that point i knew how hard i was working like i was people say oh don't do any people i was fucking grafting Like, absolutely. Like, to the point where I was grafting that hard on messaging people and getting my face out there and posting and doing all this stuff. People were recognizing me in the street in Manchester. I remember, like, I remember saying at one point, like, right, I'm really going to focus on business for the next six months. I'm not going to go out drinking. I remember being in a bar and someone shouting, You're not supposed to be fucking drinking. And I remember being (laughs) pissed and, like, shouting at them back. But, like, I was literally, I was getting stopped at festivals or just because of how hard I was, like, networking. Yeah. And, I was like, I can't do this for fucking ever. And also, I can't keep, continue doing this and doing coaching and doing all the admin stuff and doing the back end. Um, and funnily enough, my best mate had just come back from Australia and was working in Oaxaca, um, which if you, if you don't have a Oaxaca, it's like mm-hmm. a fucking Mexican food place. Mm-hmm. Um, he was working behind the bar in Oaxaca. Um, and he just had a stroke, basically. He was playing uh, like semi-professional American football in Australia. Um, and he had a stroke and it turns out he had like this congenital heart thing that should have killed him. If you remember Foe, the city player. Yeah. Same the thing. Foway. Basically. Oh, same thing. Like exactly the same thing. And then was like, listen, you you should be dead. Are <laughs> you fucking lucky that you've not died yet? Yeah. Like the stroke was the less severe option of how we're gonna find this. Um so he was like fucking all over the place and I was just like listen he, he'd, he'd, I'd played football with him or like all through like basically being like eighteen onwards. Um and I knew he's he's always like had that in him to be a good coach. And he'd lifted before, but like big power lifter started lifting. Like nothing like yeah. body transformation wise. And I said to him, I think you could help me with this. Like initially I just needed some admin. Like, I don't, I don't know where it's going to go. And poor lad, I probably changed his job title about fucking 50 million times. Yeah. Um, and and what he was getting paid and what the role was and all that shit just kind of developed. But then I ended up, obviously, with, with Lewis basically working for me full time, um, which was sick because it just meant I could get twice as much done as everyone else. I
1: think I'm no Lewis. Tattoos, Yeah
0: yeah 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 so yeah. That, that that's how lewis got started in online coaching basically oh nice um, which is really which is really like cool for me to see now because like when i say that to, when i describe him you have no fucking clue who i'm talking about but you actually know him as like quite a good coach
1: yeah yeah because he was at a level up event that i spoke at and uh yeah was, yeah he was, he was there and,
0: yeah uh, he's 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 easier to miss now than he used to be because he used to be about 300 pounds as well as that tall yeah long. but again back to his
1: He's got a fucking story, is not he?
0: And a half. Yeah, he's like got you a fucking said. story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he grew up in Maltby, which is probably the only place I've ever been that's rougher than Boston. Yeah, you You've always got a story if you come from somewhere like that. Um, but yeah, so we, we scaled out like that. And then I got a PA who's still with me now, who is like an absolute savage, mm. who runs my life, Sarah. Um, she's actually she goes out with a lad that I know that runs a soccer school in Dubai and I put oh. the advert out for a PA and I just needed a little bit doing mm-hmm. um, at first and she applied and she'd work with like MRI royalty, like booking holidays and I was like, well, she can deal with those demands. She, she can, can definitely deal with, deal with mine. <laughs> even, even if I can be a bit of a prima donna at times, she'll defo handle it. Um, and she just she just came in and she was like, right, well, I can do this. And she's like, but also like, I can do that, 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 and that. And I was like, okay, sound, do it. Um <laughs> So, yeah, she came in and took basically all of that off my back. Um, and then because I had all that time in the business, let develop it further, um, we ended up growing quite quickly and then we took on like three more coaches Nice. that we had
1: towards the end. And then I suppose then uh, as we go closer to the end, we obviously are now looking at collective coaching, so helping trainers do what you did.
0: Yeah, so being completely honest with you, I just got fucking bored. Like I've been going to the gym since I was 15, yeah, I, I, it does get know, repetitive, doesn't it? It's like, come it's on. not even that, you know. I just couldn't relate with, to people. Like, mm. I don't relate to people who are overweight very well. I've been overweight as a teenager, but that's because I was five foot two. It wasn't because I had bad eating habits. It's because I was tiny. Yeah, and and you know, being twelve stone at any height at that time at that yeah. age, you can be fucking fat. And, <laughs> and as soon as I, as soon as I kind of hit my growth spurt, I've never been out of shape since. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not tall now. Can pretend, but I'm not. But I'm, you know. That's all right. I was five foot three
1: up until year ten. Started playing basketball and grew to like six one over the summer.
0: I didn't get that lucky. Nah. I didn't get that lucky. I got I got to five. I say 511 five, yeah. if I'm in Balenciagas, which is the only reason why I wear them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> technically five nine if I'm in flat feet. Um nice. But so yeah, I just couldn't resonate with them. Like people were coming. Like and and that's why I did so well coaching at first because I was dead hard line with them. Like, I, I never asked anyone to do anything stupid, like fucking just eat chicken and broccoli all day. Like, yeah, but I don't get like eating a fucking Chinese for four. I don't get, I don't really eat sweets. I don't get it. I don't get why you would eat a bag of fucking Maltesers if you're yeah. looking to lose weight. I like nice food, mm-hmm. which is what we built it on. We built it on people eating nice food and getting bodybuilder type results while not living yeah. bodybuilder-type lifestyles. But if someone came to me and was like, oh, yeah. Some, you know when I snapped? When someone went, ah, yeah, I know, but I went to United with my son. And I was like, right. And he was like, so I had to have a pie. And I was like, all right, there's two problems I've got here. The first thing is, like, I've been going to United since I was 15, and I've never once eaten a fucking pie at United. It's 90 minutes long.
1: Yeah. 90
0: minutes. That's <laughs> all it is. And I was boring. like, second of all... If you're going to eat a fucking pie, why would you eat one? Have you ever been inside Old Trafford? It's fucking falling apart. Why would you eat one of the trodden down, mass-produced meat and potato pies from there when you can have a proper one somewhere else? And at that point, I was like, yeah, I just don't get it anymore. I just don't get it. Just involved, didn't
1: you? Like in your career, like you you do this and you you hit that and then you move on to something else and you're then looking at, I need to... Acquire different skills and knowledge.
0: I'm going to be honest with you. I think if I went back now and did a fitness business, I'd make more money doing fitness than I would doing this. Okay. Because I think people are easier to market to. People are more sophisticated. And it's a bigger market. It's a bigger market. You can target the US. If you know what you're doing and you put the right steps in place, I think it's easier to make multi-millions in fitness than it is to make money in this. Because you forget that the people doing this alongside me, they're not fucking idiots. Again, yeah. like I said, most of them are quite unimpressive. When I've actually spoken to them, they're still quite clever. So mm-hmm. the you know the competition, albeit smaller, is more refined, and the market is more refined. Yeah, yeah. selling fitness is like fucking shooting fish in a barrel, really. Yeah, um, and the competition's pretty poor as well. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I say to people who are like training. That that's why there's not a lot of courses for people who want to build PT businesses inside commercial gyms, because the standard is that low that all you have to do is beat the current standard and you're pretty much going to do okay.
1: Yeah. Right, quick fire round. I try and make these personal to the person and there's some generic ones as well. Football or MMA? If you can watch one more. All day, football. Football, yeah. I know you like your MMA because you go to the UFC and stuff. I do like my MMA but football, hands down. A nice watch or a nice car? Nice car but that's a tough one. Success car as well, so... Uh, Coke or Pepsi. Coke. Cool. I think I know the answer to this based on what you said. Sweets or chocolate. <sighs> chocolate,
0: but yeah. that's tough. I don't. You know what? I'm not a fan of either. No, I'm because kind of I can protein. just
1: eat chocolate and ice cream all day like that's my f-
0: ice cream ice cream would have won hands down over the oh, both right. of them
1: there we go so definitely ice cream um, I was going to say squats or bench press but I'm assuming based on your knees you probably prefer bench press actually to
0: tell you a lie my squats hurt less than my bench press does because my shoulders fucked as well okay and I can't feel my knees anymore uh, a comedy or action movie action if I want to watch comedy, I'll watch comedy. Like actual stand-up comedy. Proper, yeah, not like a comedy not film. Dickhead fucking about yeah. no.
1: <laughs> you can only pick one breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Dinner. Yeah. Your favourite meal? Ever? Just yeah, like let's say one fucking death row you got one more meal, what are we going with?
0: Pasta. Seafood. Or nice. fish and chips with curry sauce and a fucking load of salt and vinegar. Sort of, yeah. Like enough to almost kill you. Do you have onion vinegar as well? I don't know what onion vinegar is, so I'm going to say no. It's the white one. So, see, normally they put out just
1: the normal dark malt vinegar. But no, I've only had the brown one. Yeah, You just to have the onion one. vinegar, so it's a whole, it's a whole other ball game. I think I think there's different chippy habits north and south. Yeah.
0: You do you, you have curry sauce down there, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Like when the girl uh, like right. fish and chips, she get like a pot of curry sauce. So, but then up north, yeah, I'm, I'm gravy a curry sorry, isn't
0: person. it? Gravy on a pie, curry sauce on fish.
1: Mm. Um, your favourite MMA fighter. Past, present. Don't matter. Chuck Liddell. Oh yeah, the Ice Man. Chuck Liddell was a fucking
0: bad man with a fucking mohawk. And it was like, his
1: persona, wasn't it? And then when don't his chin see went, else
0: like that him. yeah, Chuck Liddell was like that guy that would get off a fucking Harley outside a bar, battered and kick fuck out of four people. Yeah. That's the kind of bloke he was. Yeah. Last one. Mourinho or Eric Ten Hag. Mourinho. Yeah. I'm a Murray, Chelsea proven winner, then. Proven winner across the board. I hated him when he was at Chelsea. I couldn't fucking stand but When him. it comes to Man UU. Oh, you know, well, the fact that he won shit with that side yeah. should go down as one of, and Oli as well, to be honest. Yeah, Oli did well for seconds, second. With that, with that team, should go down as one of the greatest managing feats of all time. Yeah, but yeah, Mourinho was a company first came into the Premier League because he won the title off us, and that's where we were like dominating as well. Yeah. No, because I was, uh, my dad's a
1: painter and decorator, and he had the job at Stanford Bridge. He'd do like this, the stairs and that. And it was the first mm. season Mourinho was there, and I was just there helping out, moving some paint. And he's like, "You missed him." Like Mourinho's just walked past. But at the time, no one knew who who he was. was just like yeah. a small little Portuguese man. I was like, "Oh fucking then." Frank Lampard got presence that bloke though, he? yeah, yeah, he's definitely. uh yeah, he's a legend. Just is what he is. It's right. a shame. shame what we did to him, but we've done yeah. that to a lot of people over the last few years. So I know you've got a training on like your offer creation, because obviously when I started mm-hmm. off uh, online coaching 2012, it, there, was, there wasn't there was hardly anything around. I think I started Same. off as like a hundred pounds for like eight weeks, body transformation. Then I changed it to like t- total transformation and the money went up and up and up. Um, you got a a training on offer creation. So if people do want to check that out, we'll put it in the show notes. But could you give us like the short and down version of like what steps do you need to take to create this offer? Because what you'll see is now, especially with COVID and other stuff like that, everyone's going online, they're just selling the same shit, aren't they? Like yeah, you get a trading agreed. plan, you get this, you get that, and you're like, okay, there's, there, there's literally nothing different. So if we could sort of break down that that process and maybe give some examples as we go through it as well, that'd be really good.
0: Yeah, for sure. So one of the things where we made that is because a lot of people are using it as kind of like advertising now, like since the whole Mosey book came out of like 100 million offers, everyone's like, you need an irresistible offer, you need an irresistible offer. But like, what is an irresistible offer? Like, what does that look like? And it depends on your target market. It's about Mm -hmm. selling the... I think nowadays that when we started, I think it was easier. And some of the stuff that I've got to go back and do, I've got to admit, like, hand on heart, that I didn't have to do this stuff because I could get away with the easier versions. But the easier version of running people into problems now. So this is why we're kind of doing it. But the offer is about, for me, in my opinion, about the result and the journey combined so it's not just enough now for people to get to the end point you've got to kind of have the vehicle of how you're going to get there and the vehicle i think is just as important as the destination in my opinion now with training because the market is a little bit more sophisticated people have generally done something before you know you need to be able to tell the difference between like a fully immersive coaching thing and just getting a pdf or getting a spreadsheet again different things for different people are are going to be there so what we really focus on is figuring out what the three pillars of your surface are and we we chose three because realistically you can make this as many as you want but then the more that people have the more what more water down they are and they end up reeling off like 20 pillars which then ended just being the fucking features of the program and it doesn't solve the problem we find that if we limit them to three it really forces them to condense it and really think about what the essence of it is if they deliver i started with five and we realized that that that's the problem that people were having is they were just all right so it's nutrition training mindset check-ins and then you're like you've done the same fucking thing just within yeah. five pillars um, so making it three means you really have to focus on the real like unique things of your service and that's one of the things that we we kind of really look at is is what makes your service special because i think again the the audience and the customers now understand that they're going to get a diet plan and they're going to get a training plan and you are in some way shape or form going to speak to them every week so we need to turn that into something of what's a little bit different how does that look so pillars you know are different for different people we try and stay away from being like this is my nutrition pillar and it's more about angling it towards the exact things that people are going to like need so like if it's busy professionals for example it could be you know a 50 like the 50 50 nutrition system. I'm making this up as I go along to so yeah. shit. Forgive me. The 50 50 nutrition system. So I know, as busy professionals, that you need to have structure where you need it, but also flexibility where you need it. So giving you a fully flexible approach will be great in the evenings, it'll be great at the weekends, but it'd be terrible when you're at work when you've got loads of decisions, and vice versa. You'd be, structured approach would be great when you're at work because it will remove decisions from you and it'll just give you something to follow that will get results but it falls apart when you've got work meetings and when you're with your family and when you're on the weekends and you want to kind of enjoy the hard work that you've got so our 50 50 nutrition system will use the best of both worlds we understand that you need a structured approach when you're at work and you need you know instant immediate advice and go-tos because you don't have time to think and you don't have time to plan and the second side of that the other side of the 50 is where we're going to sit down with you and we're going to plan a more relaxed approach and a more fitted approach to the kind of things that you want. And that will come down to your lifestyle and the things that you like to do. So you're going to tell us the kind of social life you have, the kind of events that you've got on, and we'll judge that week by week and we'll give you an action plan for that side of things as well as a more structured plan for this side of things. So that's kind of how you would do a nutrition pillar but specifically towards your audience. Everything I've said there, i basically said, I'm going to give you a fucking diet plan and I'm going to help you out when it yeah. gets to social like occasions. You're, but You're going to get
1: the 50-50 trending now. It's, like it's the way you put the, it's the way you just put that on it. Yeah, just you just like, got to put that on it. If you the steak do that, at Nusseret so, is no different. It's no different. That is just this bit of yeah. flavour, but the 50-50 might catch on because it'd be like 50% of your meals you're going to plan and prep and 50% of them, you're just going to be like, hey, I'm looking at your local place like food places and we're going to select three or four
0: different meals that you can yeah. have for the other 50% of the time and that's it but you get that because you're a coach mm. so you, your brain will go oh, I know exactly what that entails mm-hmm. whereas a customer doesn't they yeah. don't make those leaps and the worst thing I think that you can ever say as a coach which is the right thing to say and this is why great coaches don't always make great marketers because as a coach they're going to go what are you going to give me and you're going to go whatever you need now, the problem is they don't fucking know what they need that's the that's why they're coming to you because if they knew yeah. what they needed they'd be asking for it straight up yeah so you go in as a coach well we'll just we'll figure out whatever you need they're like hey, okay how yeah. much no yeah <laughs> no, no, no no it's all right um whereas you if you can tell them the solution and this is why niching is important because you can't tell yeah. everyone the solution for them and that's you know you don't have to have a niche if you're fucking brilliant and people are throwing money at you, fair. you don't need one. You don't, fuck it, it's fine. Yeah. But realistically, if you're going to have to market correctly to get the customers in and you're going to have to stamp and tell someone, this is what you're going to get. Do you want it or not? And they're going to go, yeah, that's me. You can't do that to a broad niche, even just for fat loss or men's fat loss. Like Men are different. Yeah. Just because you've got a set of bollocks doesn't mean that you, you're going to buy a certain program. Like Everyone's got different needs and wants and stuff like that so the same like we pick pick the other side of it so you again you can piece all the training and exercise together in one pillar and then the mm-hmm. second pillar could be something again more structured it needs to directly solve the problems of the audience so like again maybe speaking about say like busy mums for example busy everyone's fucking busy aren't they yeah, say like just- Although well, I don't um, think people are, everyone says they're
1: fucking busy. I'm like, you ain't busy. Nah, I mean, no. You ain't got no all work so ethic. <laughs>
0: child caring mums. Yeah. So mums take the brunt of the child care from the family. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, right, cool. So we've got our specialized system that's exactly built for people like yourself. So we know that you're time capped. We know that your schedule changes all the time. And we know that even if we wrote you a rigid plan, that's not going to happen because you don't, unfortunately, you don't make the decisions in your house. The decisions in your house are split between the child or your husband. Mm -hmm. That's it. So if you get told something, you're going to have to do it because that's the decision you've made at home. That doesn't mean that you need to be trapped in being overweight forever. All it means is that we're going to have to teach you a set of guidelines. We're going to have to build in a set of habits. We're going to have to give you a set of daily tasks that can move depending on how busy you are and what kind of your schedule is like. And that's what we're going to set up. So we're going to look at you. We're going to look at what normally happens over the course of maybe a couple of different weeks. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to set out these non-negotiables that we have to hit, but it's going to be manageable within your schedule. And if things come up, it's fine because as long as we sit to these daily negotiables, you're going to get the results that you want. Mm-hmm. And again, that's just directly targeted at those people. You've got to understand them. I mean, I don't really understand childbearing mums, to be honest with you, because like, I've not Do you then mom. feel like that,
1: from that perspective, you wouldn't pick that niche
0: because you, you... Yeah, unless, unless again, like, you've got really good understanding of it. So, like, I yeah. pulled that because, like, my missus stays at home with the dog 24-7. And yeah. basically, like, if that's the deal we have. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't... She does make decisions, but, like, if push comes to shove, like, work, my work comes first because I'm the breadwinner at home. Yeah. so I know it I know it well enough to give you that piece of the puzzle for it but I had to fucking try for that and that was probably the best I've got yeah. whereas if somebody understands it like the back of their hand their whole offer is going to be like that it's going to be pristine from start and to finish and the marketing is going to be a lot easier as well because you've lived that I always say to them
1: like be if you're going to pick if you had to pick one niche do it yourself like a few years ago but then yeah. if, you're first, if you're a few years ago as was like a uni student and they don't have the money then again your service has to then change to suit that like it then there's there's always going to be some sort of variables that you have to take into account yeah and even for myself I think you're I better have... off. go on sorry steve no go on i would say like when i was younger before i said dad i was like i'm a target dads because dads have got kids they probably already they're older they've already got a mortgage they've got more money than me at that time so i was 22 year old 23 just finished university they're gonna have more money but then, until I actually became a dad, I was like, "That was if I that I did." Luckily, I didn't go down that route because you don't, you can't truly understand it until you're living that life. And then there's that personal training, that personal connection. Like my mate Johnny, he's a he's a dad, and his target market is dad now. And every single piece of content he puts out is about being a dad, and like how how so. Like he put a piece of content out saying, "Oh, if your partner if they're into the gym, then on the week I train on the weekend." because maybe like I'll go to the gym and she'll look after the kids and then vice versa. When I get back, she'll then go to the gym and stuff like that. So again, it's easier for him to relate to that target market because he is a dad. And then it's easier for him to then be able to produce an unlimited amount of content because he, he's just basically living from life experiences. He don't have to try and think what does a mum going through or a woman going through their menopause actually going through. Like it's, it's really hard to relate to that. Yeah.
0: That's what we do with the third pillar. So the third pillar out of the three is what we call like an authority pillar. And that is basically like, why are you the right choice for this person? And if you can't sell it in that pillar, you shouldn't you shouldn't be coaching that audience. Like you need to have a reason of why they're going to come to you overdoing everything else that they've possibly got the, the choice to do. And, you, and this is where like, I know people are like, oh, you shouldn't really hard sell. If somebody wants a coach and they're looking to lose weight and they're looking at you hard sell the fuck out of them. We're not trying to force, like I will never do marketing that's like doom and gloom. Like mm-hmm. I'll never go like, oh, you know, if you're fat, you're going to die early and your kids are going to yeah. be left alone. Like that, that I think is, <laughs> it happens, but I think it's really, screwing going the same way as like my PT marketing will never be like, oh, the industry's changing and your business is going to get trampled by my clients unless you join us. Like, I think that's yeah. proper weird to me. It's a bit like Manson family kind of shit really. Mm. Um, however, if if somebody's looking at you as a viable option, they've said, I want to lose weight, I'm looking at getting a coach, you're within my budget, go. <laughs> That's your opportunity to be like, I'm giving I'm giving you my best here. Yeah. This is it. Like you don't leave that car without you understanding absolutely everything about what I could do for you. And at that point, you've got a hard sell. You haven't got to force anyone to do it, but you've got to do your due diligence as a business owner and get it done. And like one of the people that we just got Well, say just got, we just got a a lad in a couple of months ago who really got on camera, dead nice bloke, two kids, was working with mums for fat loss, like all like women. Mm. His content was great. He's really good on video, speaks really well. His content was going down like garbage. Mm. Like he was even getting pulled up like who the fuck are you to talk to us about this kind of stuff. Because he was, obviously he was trying to put his opinion across, but his opinion to them was completely fucking invalid. Yeah. And he was biting back at him. And he was, he was like, to be fair, he was doing like two and a half grand a month, which isn't terrible considering your audience hates you. But <laughs> he was like, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. And we look through his numbers, what's your lead gen like, what's your content structure like, what's your price points, I look at a sales call. I'm like, mate, I'll try not to mention his name because it embarrassing. embarrass him, but like, mate, fucking, everything else looks all right. We're going to have to go straight to the fucking start and change that. Yeah. so we did and we changed his offer to like dad's and he's like his, fuck his daughter does his content with him it's fucking brilliant she's like yeah. on the reels with him 2.5k two, two to 7k I was going to say it, it like he's, he's going to be
1: hitting 10k like within a few months just and
0: and people get people get it misconstrued when they look at us because like we, we do focus on numbers with people mm-hmm. but to me the number is a reflection of him nailing that he's doing yeah. exactly the same processes but he's because he's, his value to his audience was greater because mm-hmm. they looked at him and thought, you are somebody that can help me get there. And the money's a reflection of that. And the yeah. price he's able to charge is a reflection of that. Like he went from 175 a month to 300 pound a month. Mm-hmm. But you pay a PT that to fucking, you know, wank you off for a workout in David Lloyd. Yeah. And, and I only get like 12 pound for it. Cause I they know. I take the money. I, I, I used know. to say
1: way back when I said, I, and it was more controversial feel like, when I do come back I'm going to be more controversial again, like with a personal brand just being like, and I used to say, online person trainers are better than in-person person trainers. Why? Because in-person person trainer, you'll come in, it'd be like, you're fit, they beast you for an hour. And then like, I don't talk to you throughout the week. I don't tell you about nutrition. If you want to pay me more money to for me to train you to get better results and pay me more money, where an online person trainer is like, we give you a program, you get your weekly check-in, we look at nutrition, you've got this community, you've got all those different elements to it. And people used to just get pissed off. And I'm like, yeah, as you said, if you're paying... You might be paying £300 to have someone one session per week in a gym, but you're not getting all this other stuff outside of it. And you're getting, you might feel like you're getting a better service because you're actually experiencing it in person, but the results are the results and you're not getting, getting the results. Yeah, there's
0: definitely... I mean, there will be probably personal trainers in person that have really good online systems in the background. No, nah, they but will. But then, then, then you should be really looking at like oh. 500 £600 a month
1: then you're, yeah, then you have the offering, isn't you? it's like, if you only see me never per month, you're 250, if you see me once per week, that's like three, seven, five, you see me twice a week, and then then you've got all those offerings there. So I feel like we've seen 19, because I always say, say the difference was, it'd be like health, lifestyle, coaching 24 seven, without the in-person or with the in-person. I know you're not going to be there 24 seven as such, but like, there is no difference. So like, if you want to see me in person at a specific location, you've got to show me the money, like you to pay me more. But apart from that, the service is exactly the same. Like if only someone can see you once per week because of money or whatever it is, but they need to train four times a week, then you program them four times a week. There shouldn't be any difference. So I feel like with COVID-19, it, it forced trainers to then have to build out a better business and a service so therefore, if they survive that, they're, if your business, if you're listening to this now, and your business isn't thriving since COVID-19, now you've got those other elements
0: to your business, then you've probably got a marketing problem. I would agree. I would agree. And I, you know what? Like, I don't think being an online coach is the solution to a lot of trainers. I think having online systems that allow, and, and this is the market employee that you get, like, oh, if you're an online coach, you're... You'll be able to travel, you'll be able to do this. I've seen more online coaches that can't even take their fucking honeymoon off yeah. than I've ever seen personal trainers. Because mm-hmm. now you can't go, I'm going off on my honeymoon, I'm, I'm not in the gym, I'm not working. Now right. they're like, you've got your phone and you've got your laptop so you fucking can work. Yeah. It's working against them. The whole mm-hmm. industry's going fucking backwards and i think there's a really there's going to be a really good market in the future for very 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 good in person personal trainers to have very good back end systems and online systems mm-hmm. that's going to actually crush all the issues that they used to have they're not going to need to do mornings and evenings they're not yeah. going to need to yeah. do weekends they're not going to need to work on the holidays clients are still going to have a service to do while they're away and while they're taking time off so it's going to you know having an online system to back up your coaching mm-hmm. alleviates a lot of the problems and actually the bigger problem that I see, which is one that we talk about quite a lot, is online coaches doing like low mid-ticket offers, getting about 70 clients. And then basically instead of being in the gym 24-7, that are sat in the bedroom 24-7. The laptop, yeah. And all they've done is just move the income ceiling like here. Yeah. And all that to go from here to here, for me, is just, it's not worth it. Yeah, stupidity.
1: It, I just say you end up becoming like a fitness accountant. You're just there. I know obviously with software and stuff like that, but then
0: you're just like, oh, Google Drive, and I just in numbers all day, every day. And it's like... So many people have swapped the gym floor for a fucking box room in their house yeah, and and done exactly the same thing. And like stupidity is doing it twice, right? So instead of having a better model and dealing with problems when they come up, like getting your offer right, getting your sales process right, learning how to sell a decently priced program that will allow you to scale and not be a little fucking wanker when it comes to the VAT threshold. of being, be like, "Eh, I don't want to go over the VAT threshold. (laughs) Like why? Because you've got no margin in your fucking product. It's not that you don't want to, it's that you can't. You 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 fucked yourself. And just go flat rate
1: up until that point. Oh, just fuck off to Dubai apparently. Oh, and then that was going to be the next step. But then just fuck off to Dubai or I mean, we, I, we were Ireland as well. You can go Ireland. You only pay VAT on people that are within Ireland doing business. So unless all oh,
0: your clients are Irish and then yeah, want. then your
1: stuff then then go to Dubai. But uh, again, it's um. It just goes back to the margins, doesn't it? So it's like you don't you do, you wouldn't mind paying a hundred grand extra per year in VAT if he's
0: bringing another million in. Wouldn't mind, would you? Well, a lot of people don't have the margin and they don't no. understand it. So, like, I any business coach that tells you to charge hundred and fifty pounds a month, to me doesn't understand what it takes to grow a larger business and it's probably never done it or it's probably done it with someone else making the decisions for them and helping them out of it because the biggest problem that i ever deal with is coaches coming to us saying i've got 45 clients at a 100 between a 100 and 150 pound a month and i'm like brilliant that's a big gap so let's put some fucking numbers on those first how many people are paying this how many people yeah, are paying yeah this? And you get there and actually only the last 10 are paying them 150 and everyone yeah. else is like paying them like 100. And because they've been paying them 100 quid and they know they're getting a good service, they're never going to fucking leave. Nah. And dealing with that problem is difficult. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to say we've well, got the perfect solution in our program. It's hard. You've got to grow a set of bollocks or lady bollocks and turn around to these people who have been paying you good money and have helped your career scaffold to this level and say, this ain't going to work anymore. And you've got to repackage your offer, and you've got to do all of that stuff. But realistically, the easier way to deal with it would just be to solve it at source. And I'm not saying go and charge 500 quid a month for online coaching. But if you charge 200, 220, you've got enough margin to make right decisions throughout the whole business. And if you do need to increase your prices, you're moving from you know 200, 220 to 250, 275, which is more agreeable. But what you're doing is you're getting low-ticket customers with low-ticket buying habits, with low-ticket mentalities, and then trying to push them into doing something else, and it doesn't... So what you end up doing is ripping off your business apart to start with. So people pay me money, and I'm like, that's cost you another five grand, kid. This is what yeah. we've got to do. It's and that, I would just wish that people would deal with it before beforehand, realistically.
1: Yeah, because we had it when we did the PT coaching, we tried it for like a three month pilot thing. And that that was the thing, like everyone was just sending like massive like sessions, but everyone was on different ranges. And we had one person that made nine grand in the January 2021 or maybe, yeah, probably, probably, I forget what years we're in now, like 2022. But the month before made less than a grand. I'm like, what the, and there's so much of it. So it's like you, I feel like other, Coaching, like, and it be when we go through the end and stuff like that. What you go through, like, because yours is very much a lot more detailed and an individual, rather than someone selling, mentoring, and then it's just like a Facebook group with some videos and it. it's not personalised to, to anyone else. I'm like, I'm cool with that because that's where it was in the old days when it'd be like you can buy and a cookie cup that way at a price
0: point. Yeah, there's a certain price point that that, that fits in. To, like if you're just yeah. starting and you can't afford to get a one to one mentor, then come But I just I wish the people running it. Would actually just be a bit conscientious commit. and be like, "Listen, right, this ain't going to be the answer for you forever. This is going to be the this answer will take for you from you to here to here. Yes, you this. this is what we do. We go here to here. The mm-hmm. problem is, there's that many egos in this industry that they have to be really good at everything. No one can be better than them at anything. So they're like, right, well, I'm the I'm the specialist at this, but I'm mm-hmm. also the specialist at this mm-hmm. and this and this. And anyone else who has a different idea than me is a fucking wanker. I've said to people about people who hate me." Genuinely, they're probably a better fit program for you for where you are right now yeah. because they specialize in that. And that's I don't it. think they would ever say the same. They would never say, "Actually, we don't really have the system set up to do with well, someone like we,
1: you." We say it to the trainers, don't we? We say, "Right, if you're like pre or postnatal," I'm be like, "Don't fucking come to me." It's like you're vegan, don't come to me. I'm like, yeah. if you're young, if you're now it'd be if you're dad, that's a business owner that wants who, who was in shape and now I'm a fat fuck who wants to get back in shape then I'm probably the person to go to but and then again it's looking at you can't help everyone as well so someone's coaching style or systems or as you said niche might just be they just might get on a little bit better with that coach and therefore they get a better result so that's why like you I know you had coaching with Sook and stuff like like you before you 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 have a can you you're not going to work one-to-one with someone and in our position that you're not just going to take on anyone to make money because no, you've been absolutely. there. It's like, you're going to be a lot of, going to be very selective. You're going to be with people that you actually feel like, actually I could go out and we could have a good drink and a chat. Do you know what I mean? They're the people you want to You work should with. see
0: the list of like our demographic training that we went through with the team on Friday. Mm-hmm. Like we had a staff training day on Friday. We went through exactly who we want and it's so fucking cutthroat. I have a yeah. list of things and if people come to us without that, like if you've got, Less so, we have like a, a feeder program, but like, say for our main program, right? Like, our one to one program, the flagship one that everybody kind of knows about. We don't talk about the other one because we don't want everyone getting on it because it's, it's quite cheap and it's actually quite useful. Mm-hmm. Um, the main program, if you've got under 2,000 followers, don't fucking bother because you're not going to support. Even, even thinking selfishly, you're not going to consistently be able to pay us because you're not going to be able to generate the business large enough out of that amount of followers. And yeah. I'm just going to be real with you. I'm not going to tell you you can, you can generate a 10K business of 1,000 followers because some people will mm-hmm. somewhere. But most likely, no. Yeah. If you're over 35 years old, no. Not for me because mm-hmm. I can't sit there and tell you what life decisions I think you should make because you've got situations in your life that are beyond me yeah. you've got a mortgage you've got kids you've got stuff to have to think about you've, I can't say back yourself do this invest in yourself I can't be as cutthroat as I need to be because you've got little Sally there that needs a fucking like a new school uniform or yeah. you, you want to send your kids to private school I can't sit there and tell you that my course is more important than sending your kids to private school mm-hmm. I can definitely tell a 24-year-old that my course is better for them than going and doing another university course or buying a house at that yeah. age. Absolutely. So I only work within the realms of where I know that I can give them the right decisions. Yeah. And I can't do that with people over 35. And it cuts off a massive mar- part of our market. We have some clients that are over 35 that work really well with us, and I would love to market to more of them. But on a whole, percentage-wise, if I market to that crowd we get the wrong people as a whole yeah. because we're aggressive like we get people to make jumps and make decisions you pay this person you get this member of staff in don't question it do it or else it. yeah we can't do that with people who who have larger yeah. considerations to make mm-hmm. so we don't bother like i, I we don't bother yeah. we we realistically only deal with people between the ages of 21 and, and 30 really yeah and if someone and comes slightly really ab-
1: older than that, but they hit the tick the boxes for the other stuff, like then, uh, yeah. I mean, we just had a guy called
0: Hughes just moved to fucking Marbella, yeah. shut down his gym, gone online, moved to Marbella. The guy's in his 50s or something like that, mm. doesn't know how to use tech at all, <laughs> but but. He's not. He didn't have any other outgoings. He he, he basically could live like a, a 25 year old. Like yeah. he didn't have any overheads. He was like, listen, this is what I want to do. This is the dream. I want to move abroad. Very similar personality to. He gets on sick with some of the guys as well. Like they were actually really close mates, and he's a fucking legend. But like they will come to us because they'll yeah. they'll get out what we're putting out. But we won't go to them because nine times out of ten I ain't gonna get a cue. I'm going to get Derek who's in like fucking 300 grand of mortgage debt and has two credit cards and his missus has got expensive tastes and he has (laughs) to go on a family holiday three times a year. Yeah, We want to facilitate all of that in the future for our guys, Mm -hmm. but we we have to stay very careful that we don't overstep our mark because when you start overstepping your mark is when people start getting bad reviews of your service Mm -hmm. because you've overstepped and they've not resonated and it's a bad fit. Yeah.
1: Right, we'll move on to, I'm going to miss a few of them out just because obviously time and stuff like that. But one of the posts I think we put up and I put up and you you commented on and also I had social Shannon, uh, just Shannon. Hey, we just call Shannon round here. Yeah, well, I'll just call her social Shannon now. Uh, Instagram outreach. So can we break down sort of um, the process that you'd go through? Or you'd get your personal trainers because I feel like Instagram outreach is a little bit easier for us because it's like, oh, you can tell if someone's a personal trainer or not. Yeah. Um, oh, it's
0: simple, and you expect them to understand the process as well. Yeah. So one of the big things that we have if someone's asking with us about messaging, them, ah, ah see so you call outreach. I'm like, yeah. fuck off, you geek like who need, who needs to be brought up like that you know yes. what we're doing you either want it or you don't you don't need to be an arsehole about it and if you are an arsehole about it then fucking fine your business is going to be shit anyway and you wouldn't want to work with them anyway so no, exactly
1: in regards to personal trainers what what sort of what would the process be or advice you would give for for them with sort of instagram outreach like who to target when to target what comms to send um so yeah maybe if we we can dig a little bit so it's a bit of an open-ended
0: spectrum with this really i think you've got a you've got to look at your personality type but then you've also got to step outside it because you can't just be like oh i'm shy so i'm not going to do it yeah you need to just find ways around it so i'll give you instead of breaking it down like in detail i'll give you a couple of different tactics that we use different personality types i think that'll probably be quite good for um your kind of audience so type one right jack the lad pt type Probably was a club promoter at uni. Definitely walked around somewhere with a shirt off with something wrote across the chest in tipex at some point of their kind of college university career. Um, definitely used to have V-necks. Do you remember them? Oh, yeah. Some people won't remember this scoop neck T-shirt. Scoop neck. <laughs> I got a tattoo across my chest. Just for on that. On purpose that
1: it would fit well with a scoop that's neck. That's it. You was like, can that, you? Can I put that top on just to make sure that you can still
0: see? That's it the kind of fuck boy that I was that at that, yeah. that time. Um, but you've got those kind of people so I was one of these you can you can get away, the, DMing is really really good for these kind of people and they seem to pick it up the fastest yeah. because you're probably used to doing it just trying to chat to birds or fellas yeah. um, it's about finding something you can comment on, on someone's profile and just catch up that level of conversation so you can be a bit cheeky you can be a bit funny you can leave a sarcastic comment on someone's story mm-hmm. that kind of stuff will always get you a better response rate than being like hi Jane let me know if you need any weight loss help like uh, a mate of mine, Tyler, put up a, a fat parcel checker, and um, you know, real life health and fitness. Mm-hmm. He put up a lead magnet that was a fat parcel of health checker. Uh-huh. It basically told you how much on a scale of a fat parcel you were. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. he got like three hundred leads for it in like a couple of hours because it was it was it was it was him, right? Is that it Michael
1: was... Keith? Yeah,
0: huh? Is that Mike Keith? No, nah, um, Tyler Mullins. Got, he runs Real Life Health and Fitness. Up, up uh, okay, in. yeah, the Michael
1: Keith. He's, uh, he's got a similar brand name that's what I thought yeah, yeah. I don't
0: know but um, it, it was de- it was dead like him yeah. and I saw it and I was like it's fucking brilliant it's exactly like your personality type like. we've got a young lad called, called Quinn who like just everyone knows him about Worcester from going out all the time mm-hmm. and he's gone from 2k to 8k in, a, in like three months just doing the exact thing just being a bit of a lad about it um, so you can just be jokey and, and use that to generate content and I think it works well if your audience are receptive to that if you're a little bit more straightforward mm-hmm. um your probably best route is starting off with a conversation that's personal, maybe not too jokey or too sarcastic, because yeah. that'll probably upset your audience. Um, but finding something on their profile that you can engage with. That, that are they already following with. them, Steve? Or are these, like, some of them are going to be following, some of them are going to be... You would wait for people to follow you. If you've... I'll, I'll do another one at the end for, oh, like, perfect. if you've got fuck call followers. Yeah. So generally, we would start with followers. So the people, like, it's cold, I mean, it's like it's not cold. They've chosen to press a button to follow you. It's, yeah. It's they know of cold. you. to They've made yeah. that decision. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So it ain't cold. You try cold. You'll, you'll soon, you'll soon find out when it's difference. cold. Yeah. Um, so... We would always recommend, again, you're working with an audience that you have a connection with, so you can bring up conversations that you would have a connection with them, like the kids, like dogs, like family. If you're a single lad, don't work with mums, because if you mention them about the kids, it's a bit weird. Mm. Um, So you need to really think about the kind of conversation that you start in there. And then it would be just a natural progression of having a conversation with them tying it back to fitness in some way, shape or form. But again, people aren't fucking idiots. So they can see that you're a personal trainer. So if you, if you build up enough of a relationship with them, and if you put enough kind of goodwill in the bank, they're going to have that conversation with you. right? Mm-hmm. right. They're going to sit down and go, all right, I'll play the game. Yeah. I do go to the gym. What have you got for me? And, and that's mm-hmm. what most people will do. If you don't come across as a wanker. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other way of doing it is if you're really shy. Okay. And with this, it's it's a little bit longer winded and it's a little bit more of a setup time. But what we usually do with these is we we build something for them to give them. So it's almost like a peace offering. Yeah. And and we find it really easy because if people are very shy, they're gonna be difficult actually just going after people and starting conversations. It's almost like, you know, somebody wants to get a girlfriend, be like, I'll well, just go to the bar, lad, and start talking to girls. Mm. Like it's not always that easy. Um so we give them like a reason. So one thing that we've used of a client recently who's quite shy about messaging is like a nutritional audit. So she basically says, hey, I'm doing free nutritional audits for people this week. Um, if you fill in this quick form, I'll just have a look at your food and I'll give you like a two minute voice note of things where I think you can improve. Yeah, it's a little bit of work. It's a little bit of coaching, fair enough. But that that for her is, is a better trade-off than the anxiety yeah. of having to fucking message people. Um, the cold one, you've got to be a bit cheeky with, I think, Personally, the best cold messages that I've responded to have always been people who've kind of been like, "It's got to be personal." Mm-hmm. You've got to, because people are going to think you're a bot if you're doing cold outreach. Yeah. Um, so you've got to be really personal. I would always, and again, you're going to go in the spamming box. So you've got to have a little bit of a different attack like, angle. You've got to comment on things. Um, you've got to speak about things. And again, I think the the free offer tends to work really well with cold because their barriers are right up. If you're cold DMing, their barriers are huge. So either you've got to have a way in. So you've got to either know someone that knows them. So if you're going through your client's audience mm-hmm. it might work because you could be like, oh I'm Gareth's personal trainer. Yeah. <laughs> you would hope if the target's small enough they actually know they couldn't, like if they've got yeah. to follow the followers, <laughs> oh I'm Johnny's personal trainer. I mean, Fuck's Johnny. Johnny yeah. um, But if it's a very small account you could probably get away with doing that. Like I'm Gareth's personal trainer um, I just thought like I love working with him he's a fucking mint lad mm-hmm. and realistically I just thought I'd, I'd kind of get to know some of the people that follow him because if I can get more people in my service like him that I can really help I'll be sound so again be normal um, but having something to offer them so be like listen mate I saw you were a PT um, I did have a look at your last transformation I'm, now I'm trying to not talk as a businessman because it's not relevant yeah. um, but say you know it's, it's, you know, this is the bit that is slightly more difficult because you can't go, listen, mate, I saw you're fucking looking a bit chunky on your last couple of photos. Yeah. <laughs> um But definitely if people like, you know, are you know, I, I saw that you follow X, who's a personal trainer also. Yeah. Um, you know, um, so maybe you're looking into something along those lines. I've actually got a couple of free resources that I think could really help you. Mm-hmm. Um if you are looking at that. Um, is it something you're interested in? That's probably going to get quite a decent response rate. Again, the response rate for each of these is going to be less and less and less. So like if you're, if you're jokey, you know, sending out one liners and having a bit of a laugh at people, people will generally respond really quickly. If you're not quite there and it's not your personality type, cool. You just need to accept the fact that maybe your response rate is going to be a little bit lower. Yeah. Um, And if you're doing cold, you need to expect the fact that your response rate is going to be even lower still. And that's one thing that we try and do is we try and give people numbers of like, this is what you should expect. So people are like, oh, my God, no one's replying to me. And he's like, "Well, oh, actually, your numbers actually are all right. But if people don't know the numbers, you're just leaving it up to them. And PTs are usually perfectionists. So they usually think that everybody that they send a message to should respond to them. Well, they do and like, like five or come. ten people and they feel like – and I'll be like,
1: how do you get on? I like, see two it. Two people responded. I'm like, all right,
0: cool. <laughs> like, yeah, Do 100. Mate, if I, if I sent five messages and one person spoke back to me, I'd be like – we're on to a winner eh? here. Like those are good. I think if you're getting 10 to one, you're doing all right. Mm -hmm. What are some of the followers? That's a hundred people you've had a conversation with.
1: Yeah. Uh, What's some of the restrictions at the moment for the sort of like Instagram in regards to if you send too many messages? Because I, someone's like 50 a day or there's a certain amount of followers. Uh, it's I,
0: I I think it's machine learning. So I don't think there's a hard and fast number you can put on it. I think it actually goes off your account. Okay. So like I'm dead social and I actually use my Instagram. My, I have two inboxes. You have the general and your primary. So my yeah. new generator is the primary. I do my general. But I'm actually quite social most of the day. Mm-hmm. So my Instagram learning is kind of like figured out. Let you, you know that you're just out. naturally getting responses yeah. anyway. So, so give you if you more... go from zero to 50... You, you're probably going to get hit with a barrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, like using Quinn, for example, he's never been hit with a barrier, but he's a dead social lad. So he's probably used it like that for a while yeah. and, and it learns. So you can't, I, I couldn't give you an couldn't answer. Give an exact number. It'd just be like, what? if
1: you go from zero
0: to try and do a hundred, there's yeah. probably going to get flagged. Spool it up. So test yeah. 10. Cool. Right. Leave it a couple of hours. Right. Test 10 more. 20 a day. Sound. All right. Maybe tomorrow you can try a little bit more. If you get hit with a limiter, cut it for at least a day or so don't copy and paste don't send too many too quickly because Mm -hmm. it will know that you're just ramming messages back yeah Um, and try and change it so i don't know if people are aware of like how well your phone can understand what you're doing but Mm -hmm. it can actually monitor keystrokes Mm -hmm. so it knows even how fast you are typing and what the time difference is between you pushing each letter to type a message Mm -hmm. so it can tell even if you're just deleting two things quickly like changing the name it knows if you're doing that Mm -hmm. it's it's scary actually if you look into it um so the thing that i would you can get away with probably more the longer you do it yeah is, is the answer so at the start you need to be very bespoke you need to pick who you're speaking to so prime candidates only profile picture they actually post they have followers. Yeah. The, the people that they're following aren't all celebrities. Like mm-hmm. spend your time on people who actually look like your target demo, which means taking a little bit of time to look at it. Um, but I would start there and then you can branch out. And we would always go for the most direct, the most bespoke, hottest leads first. Yeah. And then it's like, cool, how far back do we need to go to hit the numbers that you need? Yeah.
1: Um, how, how do you get the guys to sort of track those those metrics in regards to like I've met, because after one, you've done it a lot there, everyone just goes low down. Do you use sort of a, a specific CRM? Is there software that, that even integrates with that or is it purely like- We have
0: only tracker sheet for it. Um, generally now our tactic as, as things have moved on is we try and get a, an email mm-hmm. address as quickly as possible or a phone number, phone numbers are mint not enough people are picking up the phone in the fitness industry at least in the online coach industry I don't think um, we do have a CRM so all our clients get a, a custom built CRM when they join us um, which tracks all the emails that they've got all the phone numbers that they've got how long you've had them for have they done your email sequence have they watched your VSL which is like a, a case study have they downloaded your lead magnet have, you know, are they opening your emails etc so we know how hot and cold they are um, so we generally give people a VA that does all the grunt work and the VAs track all the um, they're English VAs well trained from Shannon yeah um, social Shannon social, social Shannon yeah <laughs> you know, if you don't know Shannon she's social Shannon yeah um, not overly social I was going
1: to say I was going to say that just from some of the things I bet she'd be like one of those things be like actually i would rather not talk Belfast to
0: you so, yeah people from Belfast aren't overly social people yeah learn so. to be mouth short there um, <laughs> <laughs> my family are from Armagh so I can say that yeah but, do what you want there um, but yeah um, so, yeah. yeah, so we, we give them a VA to do all the, the outbound work and actually scrape those emails and scrape those phone numbers because we just find it's easier at the minute to so just give them someone who's already trained. And then them. all
1: of your coaching
0: clients then will be on part of like a... a
1: yeah, be like drives from from hot or to cold
0: and you'll start messaging, emailing yeah. or phoning the people that are the warmest and then you'd move your way down the ladder and then you just move them accordingly. So if they react badly or they're not the right fit or not a lead, if they're like, yeah, I'm, you know, some sort of... And then you can put them in the right categories then. So then every time somebody logs on, they're like, cool, here's a list of people that I've just spoken to, that I haven't spoken to for a while, that are interested, that are semi-interested, that are completely not interested. Yeah. And then you can go to work, essentially.
1: Nice. Um, We'll wrap this up. Collective coaching. What is it? Go through, like, the process of what... Because as I've said, from what I've seen from an outside perspective, it looks really impressive. I know you use... Basecamp, we used Basecamp yeah. way back yeah. when, like it's a really I good piece Basecamp. of software. I love it. That you, it doesn't charge you more money each time you get Five more users. One of the
0: reasons why we use it, but like Slack and Monday for me were too corporate. Yeah. Whereas Basecamp is like there's a group chat function, there's a to do list function, and there's a function where we can put specific resources, mm-hmm. and that's it. It doesn't try and do too much. No, nah. because I think like Slack and Monday are built for like huge businesses. With and you need groups. to have both of them, do you know what I mean? Because
1: one's just comms and one's sort of like a to do list where Basecamp yeah, like exactly. you can put files, you can put
0: everything on there i love it i think it's brilliant so when people come in and um, you basically audit the whole business um and i'll speak of the way it runs now because the way it has been running recently is probably going to change mm-hmm. um so i do all the business operations i have an hour call with them at the start we, we write we they do a big form first and fill out all their assets and what they've been doing and what they've done previously and what they've not been tracking so usually the form's pretty fucking bare mm-hmm. to be honest but it gives them an idea of what we're going to expect out of them next time we do it yeah um They will go through that whole process. I'll have a call with them. A, I want to get to the bottom of the niche. So one of the things I think I'm quite good at is putting the offer together with them. Mm -hmm. So finding out the pillars, giving them an idea of what they should put in, like marketizing what they're probably good at as a coach, but turning it into a language that will actually sell. Um, So I do that with them to start and we go through the business operations. It's a four-month program initially. And i will map out what the best stages are of the four month process depending on what they've got and what they need um and where i think they they sit in the market what their authority level is at currently we'll look at how to best move that forward um and we'll plot out like a four month plan of marketing of business operations of, of build with the program then they'll go through a social media audit so simon from strong media simon booth Hmm. is his full name funnily enough he used to uh, run club nights when i was at university that's oh, did they uh didn't right. realize because he grew a massive beard and then i was like did did you, you know? used to work at didsbury and he's like yeah and i was like oh my god you used to work at the same gym yeah. um so he he does a bespoke content plan so he's like a, he's like if, he's a fucking super nerd at like yeah i had him on the weird. podcast
1: but he, we used this but he set it up and he tried to record it separately like, so i'll send it over chat and it was like it Whatever it was, just before the baby was coming, so it fucked up. So I was like, "Yeah." you had a really good podcast. Or I have to get him back on again.
0: So uh, yeah, Simon's probably got a story as well. To be fair, yeah. Um, <laughs> but so he does a custom thirty-day um, bespoke content plan for mm-hmm. them. Um, what reels to use? What engagement tools to use? How to grow your account? The stats he gets are fucking mad, which is why I pay him a fortune now. I like, mm-hmm. well, I won't share the number on here, but it's because tax bill, but it's fucking weighty. Um, <laughs> It stops me buying a lot of stupid shit for myself anyway. Yeah, and he gives them he gives them that basically, which drives all their engagement, drives the media. A lot of people we get their engagements in the toilet because they've been like posting long captions and pain point marketing, which doesn't work on Instagram anymore. So mm-hmm. we give them a bespoke content plan um, that basically is the headlines. This is the kind of video you need to make. This is the way you need to do it. And then Simon's course then tells them how to do it, so yeah. everyone gets access to that too, so they know how to film it. That then they regurgitate. I don't like content for me. Like doesn't need to be fresh all the time. We put no. certain things in that are topical each month, but realistically, it's your same brand message battered over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, so we just freshen that up because we give them a thirty-day plan that works. So why the fuck would you start fucking with it like month or two? Yeah. So it takes the content off the back. Shannon then does a lead gen audit with them. So we get them to do some lead gen based off some, obviously scripts that we give them and structure that we give them. Shannon will then look at it and Shannon will create them like a custom action plan then of what they're good at, what they're bad at, that kind of stuff. And would this be sort of
1: more the Instagram outreach or others? Yeah, so she'll actually actually look at
0: their inbox. Mm -hmm. She'll actually physically go through their inbox and look (laughs) at the conversations and look at the messages they've been doing. Um, And then the last thing we do in the onboarding is we build them a sales funnel. Um, so like application forms thank you pages people turning up to calls knowing what you do who you are what they're going to get and what the price is basically and actually turning up <laughs> yeah and actually fucking showing up Um, so we track all of that like no show rate for us is something we try and squash you mm-hmm. can't eliminate it but we try and get it as low as nothing worse as a coach for digging for calls and then none of them fucking turn up yeah or they turn up and they don't know who you are or what you do or how much mm-hmm. it is and they, they're about to budget 20 quid so we eliminate that then Vicky will go through their sales calls with them. So we'll get them to record a sales call. They won't get out of that phase until they've done a sales call and recorded one. Yeah. And Vicky will go for it and Vicky will land them, basically, and just make sure that they are up to scratch and she's fucking ruthless. Yes. Um, but it's good because that's the way you need to be with it, I think. Um, and then we'll get a handle of like, Vicky will go through some objection handling with them about what their audience's current objections are gonna yeah. be and how best to do it. And then we do that on like a monthly training as well to keep everyone up to date. That's the onboarding done. Then I will, what used to be me, but there's just too many clients now for me to do this. So I do all the biz ops. I'll agree with the coach. This is what we're doing. Are you happy with that? Yes. I oversee everything still. But then I'll sit down with their coach and it'll either be Shannon, Vicky, it'll be Reese, who's been with me the longest as one of my coaching. Very, very good business. Good lad. Um, fits the demo perfectly and does a lot of outside learning. So he comes to me with ideas that I think are actually really useful, which is one of the reasons. And Lewis does um, the coaching for the holistic style coaches, because again, Reese is transformation based. Giving a transformation based coach to a holistic style coach, yeah. You know. So Lewis does that. So I give them the plans. I give them what we're supposed to be doing, and then they basically handhold them through doing everything. Mm-hmm. So all the, the the strategy that I've put in place. They'll check the numbers, they'll review the content, they'll review the work that they're doing, they'll give them feedback, and we do that every single step. So nothing goes live without going through us first. Again, a lot of videos that you get is pretty much like, watch this video, okay, go out in the world and do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas we put another step in place of like, let's make sure this is up to standard before you start putting it out in front of people. Um, and yeah. it's, it's, been, it's been common for us to send things back three or four times before, like, do it again. This is, these are the corrections you need to make. This is where it's wrong. This is what this is what a good one looks like, which is what we do quite well. So, again, from my teaching background, like, we did a VSL the other day, and actually I had to film a VSL of a client that I used to coach. It was a bit of a throwback. But yeah. everyone gets a standard of what it should be like, yeah. what the levels are. So nobody, you know, you give two people a task, two people can, one person can do it down here and one person can do it up here. So we're trying to get as many people up here as possible. So we always give them what a good one looks like. We always give them like proper feedback. Like these are the things you've done well. These are the things you could do better. These are the changes you need to make. This is where you can find the information to learn how to make those changes. Um, And then we do have like an emergency squad as well that can just do it for them. Um, So we've got like my team that work in my business, like Joe, like Susan, like Josh, like all those people that kind of run my business with me. They can just go in and just fucking get it done if it needs to. Um but again, the idea is to teach them how to do it And, and that's yeah. basically how we run. So then we do a monthly audit with them where we look at all the numbers, we look at all you know what they've been doing over the past month. We identify any issues, go through the sales, go through the lead gen, go through the content again, make sure it's all working up to standard. If it's not, change it. Um, and then we just move them through that four month process. It works pretty well, I think um, people seem to enjoy the intensity of it. So we've dabbled with like making it six months only really for business purposes. And then we decided that actually four months is perfect yeah. because you can just come in and smack it. And then if you need a break, you can have one. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think for me, and also people understand quite well, like the poison for me is when we're like, we get people who are like, I, what I don't want is what I get in my inbox all the time. It's like, I'm with this coach, but it's an 18 month contract. And I'm thinking, uh, who needs an 18 month contract? Nah. There's a lad who told me this morning that his mum's died. Like this is obviously yeah. what his mum had died and he'd asked to be paused from his business mentorship and the business mentorship said no. And I was like, right, you know what? If I ever have to build a business like that, I'm just going to fucking quit. No, it's like the whole
1: contract things and stuff like that. Even when I was doing it back in the day, we didn't have a contract because our target market were very, like were personal trainers. Like they, if it was like maybe a different target market, so there's so many variables to have it, but... I always use examples like, let's say you get tied down to like a two-year contract and you're seeing this iPhone come out and then another one and then another one and you're sitting there and you're like, at least you're still getting a service. But with some yeah. of these things, they're actually not even fulfilling their service. I'm, uh, and for like normal PTs, I'm like, what, realistically, you're going to take them to court for like two months or whatever? Like, you're not I don't do want to say that
0: to people, but... yeah. I And I've said it before, like, I'll turn up to someone's gaffe before I turn up to court. Yeah. Like... <laughs> And but I reckon most of them they won't do that. No. Like I know that there's there's these people that are being asked you about contracts. And if you saw them and you put it on them, they'd shit themselves. Yeah. Like if you went up to one of them at like Body Power and you G checked them straight away, they, their ass would fall out. <laughs> but they're the ones sending emails saying, "I'll take you to court." I'm like, "I'll fire on your house, lad. Yeah. Like, don't talk to me about your fucking contract." <laughs> Especially if someone's mum's dying. We have a contract, but it covers our IP. Yeah. So, like, we, that's what the contract's there for. It's not to extort money out of people, it's to stop people taking our IP and, and giving it to other people. people. Yeah. That's what it's there for. Yeah. Realistically, I ain't going to take no one to court. I, I'd, I'd like to not step in another courthouse. Yeah. Um, and also, I just don't have the time or the energy. Someone don't want to work for us. It's our, we, it's our fault. We fucked yeah, up. Yeah, I'm like, well, if they
1: don't use a PT anymore, and you're not actually fulfilling the service, like, yeah, fair enough. They like, you. what are you gonna do?
0: Drag them to the gym to train with you in a real. But then it just goes
1: room. back to the whole thing. Your business can't be predicated on scare tactics, and you should always have some lead generation coming in anyway. So if something like a someone does parent or whatever does die, like your. Your first response should be, oh my God, I hope you're okay. Not, oh my God, you've still got yeah. six months to pay me money.
0: Yeah, like, and it should be, if somebody wants to leave, it should be, okay, how do we help you leave on the best possible term yeah. what can we without do? cutting your life support off from you? not yeah. tell you a loser. Yeah. Tell you a fucking loser and you'll never survive without us.
1: And it just goes back to like what you said earlier on as well. It's like, if that, like you said, for over 35 kids and mortgage and stuff like that, I'm like, how can you sleep at night if you're like, making someone pay you money but then it means that their kids don't get fed
0: probably making sure that you never actually bump into those people in real life yeah i, I, I try not worry about what people do when the shit hours is because you just got, are, i feel like you just yeah, gotta feel for sorry for them didn't
1: they like if someone does something yeah. and you are like look if you're if you're like that and you're that petty then i'm just like i just feel sorry for you and i, I wish you i would say all the best but what i actually say in my head and what I'll send in an email will be two different things.
0: I just wish you a lifetime of mediocrity.
1: Yeah, our oh, mind's a hell of a harm. That. I'll tell you I after because I'll, I'll, I'll get cancelled if I tell you what I actually think. <laughs> <laughs> right, Steve, I really appreciate that and your time. That was really good. Uh, where, If people listen to this and they want to check out more information, content that you put out, you do put out really good content. Um, and then obviously next steps, I'm, I'm sure like hit the link tree. You want to go and work with Steve and his team one-to-one be yeah. what i would always right? recommend is
0: even if you've got a decent offer go download the offer builder mm-hmm. because that's you know a good four hours of me chatting shit to you and if you get through four hours of me chatting shit to you and you don't think i'm a wanker then we can probably work together even, so even if you like got a 10 grand a month business cool go watch a video make sure you think i'm not a prick and you actually get on with what we're saying um and then you'll be sound that's collectivecoaching.co um because i, I couldn't i couldn't find .co.uk. It was already taken and I, I didn't want to cough up the dough to get the get I the I paid point. uh I only, I paid
1: two grand for ptcollective.com, which weren't bad, I didn't think, because even like, I think
0: two grand's all right. But you but have But some people are like, oh my
1: god, but I'm like, it's better than no, personaltrainercollective.com and i was like from a marketing perspective, it's like head over
0: to ptcollective.com forward forward slash. I'd have it. I'd have it, because even when I try and give it to people that are like taking my information out, they go, Is it dot com or co.uk? And I'm like, No, it's co and they're like Got UK. UK. No, and I'm like, <laughs> no, no, I couldn't afford it. All right. <coughs> Stop bringing it
1: up. <laughs> Stop winding me up. Right. Perfect. Thank you for listening. If you've not subscribed to the channel yet, make sure you do. Make sure you check Steve's uh, offer, creation, training, out that and give him a follow on the gram. And uh, we'll see you next time.